Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Alicia here. Good to have you with us. Now, I'm joined by some guests because we're going to be talking about data warehouse modernization, a little topic to cover. And I'm joined by Carla Cole and Mick Bass, both from 47 Lining and Chris Perkins from AWS. Uh, we're going to welcome them one at a time. So, Carla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Simon. I'm Carla Cole from 47 Lining, and I focus on sales and customer success. I help make sure that our customers' business needs are in alignment with the technical solutions that we provide them with. Fantastic. Welcome. And uh, Mick, what about you? What do you do at uh, 47 Lining? So Simon, I lead the 47 Lining team, and I work uh, closely with customers really to dig into the value that they're trying to unleash uh, through the use of their data. And I bring a, a mix of engineering skills and professional services delivery uh, and the ability to dig into gnarly problems together with our customers. Love it. And Chris, uh, my fellow AWS colleague, tell us about yourself. Yeah, um, I work with the AWS Quick Start team. I'm actually the manager for the team. And our, our reason for being is to uh, make it easy for our customers to deploy workloads uh, of different different types on AWS. Fantastic. Now, we're going to talk about a data warehouse modernization quick start today, but maybe, Chris, if you want to just give us a quick reminder of the, the program and what customers can, can get from it before uh, we talk to the detail of data warehouse modernization. Sure. Um, as I mentioned before, like we build... Uh, Reference deployments uh, that are easy to deploy on AWS, and, and underneath the hood, what we're really using is CloudFormation to enable that. So uh, we've got a bunch of different categories that, that our customers can go in and take a look at, everything from DevOps to database storage, right through to security and compliance, and, and indeed big data and analytics, which is the, the topic we're talking about today in terms of, of data warehouse. Uh, these, these deployments, uh, as I mentioned, are, are based on CloudFormation, but they also have some other scripting and, and other automations that are added to them. They're licensed under the Apache 2 license, so they're open source. They can be customized by our partners and by our, our customers alike. And they're available on the AWS Quick Start page as well as within GitHub. So if you want to take a look at them while we're talking today, you can go to aws.amazon.com stroke quick start to have a look. Fantastic. And we'll put, of course, links in the show notes as well. So, um, so Carla, before we dive right into um, the Quick Start we're talking about today, did you want to talk a little bit about what who 47 Lining is? Because um, many of our listeners may not have heard of you. Sure. 47 Lining is the big data practice for Rain Cloud. Rain is an AWS premier consulting partner with big data competency. We help customers build, operate, and manage what we like to call data machines for their data-driven businesses. We find that these capabilities enable our customers to enter new areas of business, optimize customer experience, enhance revenue generation, allocation of resources, and improve operations. Our offerings are focused on enterprise managed data lakes, data warehousing, predictive and real-time analytics, machine learning, and IoT. We've had the opportunity to work with customers in a variety of industry verticals, including energy, oil and gas, life sciences, gaming, ad tech, retail analytics, financial services, and media and entertainment. Awesome. So uh, dealing deep in the data space, which is clearly where for most businesses, their 
collecting and hopefully using data for meaningful purposes. But I guess one of the reasons why we're talking about data warehousing is because data warehouses are traditionally big and expensive and quite cumbersome and are often very deeply baked into business processes and a very necessary part of business process. Yet often when I meet with customers, we talk about all the kind of white space that's not being addressed because the data warehouse is out of capacity or they can't license more of it, etc. So maybe give us your perspective on on where people are looking for data warehouse modernization and, and really what some of the benefits could be. Sure, Simon. You know, our experience is very much aligned with what you just mentioned. Many of our customers feel stuck with on-premises data warehouse solutions, and they literally use the words, my data is in jail and I need to get it out. You know, these on-premises solutions tend to be extremely expensive and inflexible, and customers come to us seeking agile, cost-effective alternatives. Tableau's data warehouse modernization quick start that we developed together with the AWS quick start team provides a customer ready solution for a best practices deployment in the cloud. It demonstrates an end to end flow that enables customers to see the value of a full migration. And then should they actually choose to migrate, the quick start is configurable for a production deployment. The data warehouse quick start modernization begins by creating a secure and scalable environment within the customer's own AWS account. It then allows you to ingest data from a variety of data sources, including on-prem, SaaS, third-party, public data sources to answer customers' most important business questions. From there, the data gets loaded into Amazon Redshift for data warehousing and Amazon RDS for serving out the performant dashboards. And analyst users can publish the dashboards to Tableau server. And then business users can ultimately consume and visualize the published dashboards using um, either the Tableau server interface or their um, desktop version of Tableau. 47 Lining put together a consulting offer to help jumpstart customers with this Tableau quick start. During a one month POC, we partner with the customer team to ingest an appropriately sized subset of their data and carry it through the flow. Um, for customers that have live OLTP data sources, we can develop ongoing transformation synchronization flows with Matillion and we partner closely with the customer team to develop meaningful Tableau dashboards, publish them up to Tableau server, and demonstrate consumption by their business users. And then should customers choose to fully migrate after the POC, we offer migrations and ongoing managed services. Fantastic. So it's kind of like an end-to-end approach. And one of the nice things with the quick starts is they are open source and you can spin them up and extend them and and use them yourself. And and Mick, maybe let's turn to you. I think it's interesting when we're thinking about building a solution, you talked about your experiences in building those types of data solutions, being able to bring together a whole lot of components under the auspices of cloud formation. Um, Maybe tell us about that architectural process and and how this is built. Yeah, you bet, Simon. Um, You know, when, we would talk to customers with AWS and Tableau. We found that there are a lot of customers that actually know quite a bit about how to develop and deploy Tableau dashboards. And then there are other customer teams that 
are you know ramping the curve and understanding all of the relevant AWS database services. But there was a lot of murkiness in customers' minds about what's the best approach to actually combine usage of Tableau with the breadth of AWS services that might be relevant when you've got some use cases that are really trying to crunch very large amounts of data and take advantage of the price performance uh, that can be brought by services like Amazon Redshift to really manufacture answers to complicated questions in, uh, you know, very quick time periods. Uh, but then on the other hand, you know, you've got some dashboard use cases where really what you're trying to do is you're trying to scale out the way that you serve previously computed aggregate computations to thousands of users. Um, and so finding a way to represent those uh, architectural patterns in the quick start in a way that customers could understand how they work when they deploy uh, was really important because uh, that really then puts the the customer in the position to understand what their production deployment is going to need to look like um, and how they might want to tune or configure uh, the quick start based on their particular needs. Uh, and it's it's interesting you, you you talk about that. I think one of the the big things with big data is it's not a one size fits all problem. There's different different tooling you need to get different answers. And and often you know, in previous iterations of this world, we've sort of got stuck on well, you have one tool and you got to kind of make it fit. Whereas really, you've taken an approach of picking the components that make sense for the outcome you're trying to get to. That's right, and it's like one of the great advantages of the cloud is because uh, you know things are elastically priced and they're priced on demand, um, you can really separate workloads and bring the right resources to the party at the right time. Whereas in an, I, I think you're right. You know, uh, I think that the source of customers feeling like their data is in jail is that's really a, a, a limited fixed capacity resource kind of mindset. You know, the only tool that I have uh, is this legacy data warehouse. Therefore, you know, I, I have I have to do everything through that tool, whether it's actually, you know, the best tool for the job or not. And, you know, much of the work that we do with customers focuses on uh, the shifts that can occur when you can unleash uh, uh, the right kind of resource for the right job. You know, it's very common that in uh, some of the data warehouse approaches that customers are coming from, there was like a lot of, uh, you know, like manufacturing of cubes and sort of pre-computing things in advance because they knew that people wanted to explore data. And that approach worked reasonably well, except you had to predict in advance the dimensions with which people wanted to explore. Whereas with you know products like Redshift, Redshift is uh, uh, so fast for performing exploratory queries that you can really unconstrain the kinds of queries that can be run and surfaced through uh, Tableau's dashboards, um, so that you know you can really open up the landscape of the kinds of questions that customers can answer through use of the tool. But you also want to be aware uh, that, you know, if you've got a small subset of users that are asking those really complicated questions, you want to give them tools to kind of uh, zoom in on the particular subset of the data set that they might be interested in um, 
you know, before you unleash them on, uh, you know, the flexibility of queries within that data subset. And when customers become aware of these approaches, uh, it, it really helps them uh, provide a better end-to-end customer experience for the users of the dashboards and the data warehouse systems that they're building. It's absolutely spot on because it takes away that tension of, you know, the, the IT folks trying to predict what the data consumers are going to need. And there's always frustration whenever we try and predict anything. So the ability to spin up copies and multitudes and you know, different capacities is really useful. Let's, um, let's dive into a little bit about the flow, Mick. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a no brainer to say, well, the data has to start somewhere and it's probably going to start in S3. Um, where do we go from there in this uh, quick start? Yeah, you bet. And in fact, like, you know, most customers' data, um, <clears throat> it, it may start in some uh, existing database. Uh, it may start with an external data provider. Um, and it does uh, flow through S3. And the reason that we flow the data through S3 is because of the massively parallel I.O. characteristics of the S3 object storage system. It makes S3 really suitable for large-scale big data systems. Uh, and it allows you to pair a cluster-oriented uh, parallel database like Amazon Redshift with the object store. Uh, and it gets you a lot of power from each node in that cluster because each node can have a lot of uh, parallel I.O. directly to the object store. So you don't end up with these situations in many historic kinds of warehouses where all of the large amount of data has to flow through a you know a very small... Uh, spigot on the front end of the system. So this notion of parallel I.O. Uh, really helps people build systems that are performant as they uh, load and maintain large amounts of data uh, into the system. In the quick start, we've actually included a sample data set so that customers can really understand the end-to-end flow, uh, how the Redshift loading process works, uh, how you can use Redshift uh, to manufacture transformed data sets from the source data, how you can compute aggregates and, uh, you know, uh, use more complex database functions like, you know, joins and window functions. Um, and then we also uh, include uh, an Amazon relational database service instance, which has different performance characteristics than Redshift. Um, RDS is uh, uh, capable of running in multiple avail- availability zones. So when you have dashboards that you're serving uh, in a scale-out way to hundreds or thousands of users, and you want those dashboards to be highly available with no downtime, uh, RDS is a really appropriate technology solution for that. So in the quick start, we also demonstrate how users can uh, define uh, a link-oriented connection uh, where they can pull data into tables in RDS uh, by pointing to Redshift. So you can do the complex math um, and provide users with the drill-in flexibility that served from Redshift. Uh, and then once that heavy lifting is done, you can also uh, surface uh, the right kind of scale-out data uh, for customers through RDS. And then in Tableau dashboards, you can point to the most appropriate source based on uh, uh, the need within the dashboard. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example of using the right tool for the job and getting the heavy lifting done with the, the heavy lifting part and then the interactivity with other componentry. And, um, and Mick, what about security? I mean, this obviously spins up in someone's VPC, but what are some of the other elements of security that have been addressed in this quick start? Yeah, absolutely. This is one of the really nice uh, features of the quick start program that Chris leads. 
it, when you build a quick start, uh, it allows you to like pull from and leverage actually other pre-existing quick starts uh, that are focused on things like what's the best way to build a best practice security oriented environment. So within the data warehouse modernization quick start, we take advantage of uh, several modular uh, component quick starts, like uh, the ability to launch Linux Bastion uh, instances in the public subnets uh, of the customer's VPC uh, so that you can uh, easily uh, gain access to uh, Linux worker instances that may be running in the private subnets uh, of the deployment. Uh, we also launch uh, Windows remote desktop gateway instances in a highly available fashion so that you can uh, use those remote desktop gateways to uh, gain access to the VPC uh, to uh, log into and maintain, for example, the Tableau server instances. Um, or you could choose to uh, launch the quick start into your own existing VPC uh, using the enterprise security infrastructure that maybe your corporate InfoSec team has already blessed for your organization. Um, also in the quick start, when you, you know, launch in the configuration where we uh, help you build the, the VPC in a best practices configuration, we take care to launch the right resources into public subnets versus private subnets so that the, the resources that are, you know, holding your, uh, you know, most valuable data, they're actually not accessible at all from the public internet. Uh, and then in the public subnet, we launch what's called, uh, a VPC NAT gateway that allows those private instances to have outbound communication uh, to the internet so that they can receive things like updates and patches. Uh, but instances from the outside can't, you know, reach back in. So it's sort of like a, you know, a, a one-way valve. Uh, the private instances can do what they need to on the internet, uh, but not the other way around. Fantastic. And that, that secure by design approach is really what we want. So it means that when you're spinning up this quick start, you get going really fast, but you get going correctly, which is a nice thing. Hey, um, Carla, you know, it's interesting when we talk about data warehouses, often people think about sort of the, uh, you know, full on replacement of an existing data warehouse and the pain and agony that that can cause. But this is also appropriate for people who want to do kind of data warehouse augmentation, isn't it? So that additional capacity versus full on replacement. Absolutely. We've had the opportunity to work with customers in a few different industries of thinking about um, a customer that we um, worked with in um, real estate that created an entirely new workload that stood side by side with their on-premises data warehouse. So I don't think that it has to be an all or nothing proposition. There's um, tremendous value that customers can gain through considering just maybe one or two initial workloads in the cloud. Absolutely. So some fantastic uh, starting points there. And again, the, the quick starts are available. They're open source and open to you. And if you also want help, then obviously 47 Lining can help. So uh, Carla, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for inviting us, Simon. Mick, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Simon. It's been great to, to chat. And Chris, thanks uh, for running the program. Sure, thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback AWS podcast at amazon.com. And as always, until next time, keep on building.